Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 287 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com. Or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. And I am recording this on Monday, so I have, hopefully the gardeners don't interrupt me. You never know when they're going to pop out of the bushes and start making their noises. <laughs> but because last week's Q&A felt very dry and low energy to me, uh, I wanted to give this one the chance to really shine. So I'm doing it a day early and I just read a beautiful, lovely, kind, sweet, supportive email from Riley, who has become very dear to me. Some of you write to me off and on over pretty long periods of time and I feel like I get to know you a little bit and it's just nice to know that you're out there listening. So shout out to Riley, who also gave me some bath time TV recommendations, as did Rachel and Jennifer on Facebook. So thank you all. <laughs> I will I will take your recommendations into consideration. And then I also have to give a quick shout out to Sandy, who I've also known, uh, thanks to the internet for years, for showing solidarity with the creepy sheet masks. Although I thought you looked very cute with your daughter with the sheet masks on your face. <laughs> They are a little bit creepy. They are. That it is true, but they're so fun. They're really fun to do like with friends or in a group because you just laugh the whole time while you beautify your face. So I but this this month did not turn out how I thought it was going to. I thought I was going to be interviewing a wand a wand keeper last week, and then she wasn't able to do it. So I reached back in to the survey. Do you know there are over a hundred questions? that you all post to me. That is why it's taking me so long to get through this. And uh, But anyway, so I ended up doing a Q&A based on that survey last week, and I'm doing it again this week because a, a woman who I have been following for years, I invited onto the show, she initially sounded interested and then said she wanted to listen to some episodes just to make sure that she was feeling my vibe and then I didn't hear back from her. So I guess she either wasn't feeling my vibe or she just got really busy. Either way, it's fine. I'm just taking this as an opportunity to do Q&A part three. Part three. So let's do this thing. Uh, oh, and also... To cut down on those over 100 questions, I have greatly consolidated repeat questions. And because one question that comes up over and over and over again is like, what is your magical practice? How do you practice magic? What are your favorite rituals? What are your favorite tools and stuff like that? I just started a brand new YouTube series for those of you who keep asking me that. It's called Magic on the Go. And Magic on the Go number one is on YouTube right now, and it's how to release that which no longer serves. 
So those will not be in order. There will be some vlogs thrown in. I want to uh, share my planner with you all. So, But every so often, there will be another magic on the go because that's mainly how I practice. I practice my magic on the go. So YouTube is great because then I can give you the visual aspect of it as well instead of just telling you about it. So go check that out if you want to. I'm Joanna DeVoe on YouTube and everywhere. <laughs> Keep it easy. Just use my name. <laughs> uh, so let's just jump into the questions here. I need a drink of water. I'm still drinking hot water all day long every day. It's so good. I started this last spring. Dr. John Doyard taught me this when I was going through an Ayurvedic moment, and I just love it. It's very comforting and warm. It's supposed to be good for you, too. So, question number one. How to work with an archetype? What does that entail? I'm going to say it's different for every person. For me, typically it starts with an archetype that gives me some kind of charge that I'm excited about, probably just on an intellectual level at first, right? So I've been, I teach a program called Queen because I had a year of the Queen, 2016, the year of the Queen, and I got really, really, really into that archetype. I still am. I still love to introduce that archetype to other people. And the idea is, if that idea turns you on, you then explore it in a way that hopefully like really ignites your emotions and it starts teaching you things. You start learning from it by exploring the strengths of that archetype. It's interesting and helpful to explore the shadow as well, but what I'm doing with Queen is looking at the strengths of what makes up a queen. And so you just start living it and exploring it. Once something is on your radar like that and you commit to it, it just starts popping up everywhere. Like you literally start seeing things that are like, queen, queen this, queen this. Look at this quote with the queen. This person is using the crown emoji. Queen, 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 queen. And then you start seeing women. You're like, oh, that's a queen. Okay, so that's something a queen would say. Oh, that's something a queen would do. It just starts becoming embedded in your awareness and you just get a connection to it. I don't think it's something that you can force. So that is like an archetype as sort of a a role or just like an idea. You can also get very specific about it. I the way that I I don't really worship deity. So I work with Athena. And I've told that story many times, so I, pro I won't tell it here again because so many of you already know the story. But again, that started with an idea, and I got kind of defensive about how her mythology was represented, and then I came to care about her and defending her, and then I just started working with her as... it's kind It kind of becomes a spirit guide in a sense, and then it starts to feel like the thing, the archetype that you're working with is working with you too. An archetype is an energetic pattern that we can all recognize. It's something that 
it's I think it's just part of the human psyche, the collective conscience. It's been around conscious. It's been around forever. <laughs> You'll see it all woven throughout folklores, mythology, pop culture. It might take on different names, but it tends to present itself over and over and over and over again. So that's what an archetype is. That's why working with tarot is so powerful. So you might start there. You might work with, take a card that really speaks to you from the major arcana or one of the court cards, a king, a queen, something like that, and just start exploring it. And you know, when something resonates with you, it really turns you on and excites you and you want to learn more. And then little signs and synchronicities start popping up. And I always take that to mean like, okay, the energy is working with me. Another way to connect in with it is working with astrology. I work with Saturn. You've probably heard me talk about that ad nauseum, <laughs> but uh, that started with, I guess, Saturn. There were a lot of things going on with Saturn astrologically, and it got my attention. And then again, I was just interested. And because I have some prominent Saturn energy in my chart, I just started exploring it as a guide for my life. And there's a book I really recommend and I recommend it often. It's by Robert Moss, Sidewalk Oracles. I devoted a whole month to talking about that book. But that book is really about working with synchronicities. But you can learn a lot about archetypes, how archetypes play with you and work with you in this kind of back and forth way through that book. So I would recommend picking up a copy of that, even though it's not about archetypes, it is about synchronicity. And when you want that two-way communication going back and forth, where you feel like you're actually being guided, that's a great book to check out. Okay, so the next question, I am worried about being the face of my business. I'm going to assume this is an online business. I'm worried about being the face of my business because I am prone to oversharing and tend to take things personally. How do I create something that I love without having to deal with the negative sides of fame, attention, and publicity? That's something that uh, does frighten me. The attention, I think this is because I, you know, I originally my career was going to be in Hollywood. Like I moved out to Hollywood when I was 19 to pursue my fabulous movie star dreams. And that always really terrified me the way I saw celebrities being treated. And now, I mean, it's nothing like it is now. I mean, now they're just like tarred and feathered on the daily. It's pretty shocking and frightening to consider those are actual human beings with feelings and families. And the way people talk about them and treat them is pretty intense sometimes. Uh, and then now we have these people that are becoming like internet famous and they go through something really similar. So it's a legitimate concern that you have to learn to make friends with. So I acknowledge that I have that fear and I go forward anyway. And I think it takes a certain amount of spiritual maturity to not listen to the haters and not care about the noise. The good news about that is the odds of you becoming famous <laughs> or an overnight success are so slim. And 
if it's going to happen, it's probably not, you're probably not just going to wake up one morning and it's like, boom, wow, you're internet famous. It's going to be slow. So you have plenty of time to learn and develop a a tough skin and uh, learn the lessons of what it's like, you know, when haters come around and how to create an environment that is attractive to positive people. And uh, when you notice maybe a lot of those people are coming around and picking on you, it gives you an opportunity to think about like, well, what am I doing to contribute to this situation? I have a policy. Uh, If you come say something rude to me, your comment will be deleted and you will be blocked, (laughs) period. (laughs) It hardly ever happens. I'm telling you, it's so rare. I don't know if that's because of my age. I don't know if that's because of the energy I'm putting out. I don't know if it's because I hold that policy so deep, deep down inside that there's some like energetic preventive measure at play there. But um, that's my policy. If you come into my space and you're trying to act like a jerk, you will not be there for long. The second I see it, you're out of there. So um, it's like someone walking into your house and taking a dump on the floor. (laughs) You'd be like, get the hell out. So uh, that's how I see it. Uh, And don't let that story, that's a story, right? That's a story you're telling yourself. Don't let that story be the thing that's stopping you from living your dream. You don't have to be the face of your business. I don't know what kind of business you're talking about. So it depends on your business. I'm going to say it's helpful for most kinds of internet businesses to be the face of your brand and to allow people to connect with you. Uh, You're talking about, too, you tend to be prone to oversharing and taking things personally. So you have an awareness of that. You have an awareness of that. And it's like that awesome Maya Angelou quote, one, you know, once I knew better, I did better. Once you know better, you did better. Well, you know better. You already know. I'm, I'm a person who overshares and takes things personally. So you have an awareness around that, which means there's a certain level of spiritual maturity going on there. So you can just build on it and again, see it as a practice. You're going to have many opportunities to learn along the way and to strengthen yourself that way. I always say that having an online business is an accelerated spiritual path (laughs) because you get all these opportunities to deal with your shadows and your fears, your vulnerabilities, all those things come up. But if you take it as, oh, this is my spiritual path. This is a spiritual practice. What can I learn from this? You only get better and stronger as you go along. And you really get to know yourself on a deep, Level, you become the youiest version of you, which is really powerful. But in today's oversaturated market, the best way to stand out is to be as you as you can possibly be. And that comes from being the face of your brand because that allows people to connect with you and it cuts through the noise because there's only one you. There's only one you, (laughs) and you have a unique perspective in the world. So if you are talking about how to live the paleo lifestyle, and you're like, but there's 10 million other people talking about how to live a paleo lifestyle, but there's no one quite like you talking about it and your unique personality, and that's that's what having a personal brand is all about, which I think is what you're saying you're interested in. 
So go forth, be bold, be brave, and be open to learning along the way. Because, I mean, life itself is a spiritual practice, right? (laughs) Uh, It's just putting, it gets really intense when you start a business, which is an amazing opportunity for you and the people that you're here to serve to grow. Okay, so the next question. I really enjoy your radio program and the content created. Thank you very much. I am new to Law of Attraction, but it sounds like the witchy ideas I've been doing for years. My question is for a prompt. What if you are so foggy-minded these days that you don't really know what you want? I actually think you do know what you want. (laughs) When I read that, what if you are so foggy-minded these days you don't really know what you want? I think what you want is clarity. Doesn't that feel good? That feels good to me when I say it. (laughs) Uh, If you are struggling with not knowing what you want, and I think I just yelled at you. It it did some feedback in my ears. Sorry about that. Um, If you... If you feel foggy-headed and you don't know what you want, start focusing on clarity. How can I get some clarity? How can I get clarity around this? Just start writing clarity at the top of, you know, everything. (laughs) The top of your grocery list. The top of that day's calendar page. Uh, Just on a slip of paper and just start looking for messages about clarity. And then just take it really micro and just pause. I like to do something like, some kind of physical thing that grounds me. So like I like to push my hand into my chest and just kind of close my eyes and take a breath (sighs) and say, what do I want in this moment? What do I want in this moment? Or what is the next right thing? A really simple question like that. And then do that. Give yourself that thing or do what the next right thing is And just move slowly, little micro movements like that until you get like a big moment of clarity. And uh, and you're like, that's what I want to manifest. That's what I want to create. That's what I'm looking to do with my life. Like then you can start thinking about the bigger the bigger things that need question, you know, that need clarity. But just start with like little questions to yourself, little micro movements that feel good that create a a little bit of clarity in the moment and go from there. That would be my recommendation. Next question. I have trouble believing that what I want to manifest will actually manifest sometimes. I'm going to be really snarky and rude, (laughs) but I'm just teasing you. Okay. I want to, my, my first impulse in reading that is like, well, then it won't manifest. There's a lot of truth in that too, though. Um, if you don't, believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. And belief is really at the root of the manifestation process. And belief goes deep into the subconscious mind. So your conscious mind, it, it really depend, depends on the moment in any given day what's going on in your conscious mind. That's why we call it the monkey mind. It's such a little monkey jumping around like, hey, 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 oh, wait, I think I believe this. No, I think I believe that. What about this? What about that? This is the truth. No, this is the truth. <laughs> I mean, it's just like nuts. <laughs> but at your core, there has been programming put into place. It happened when you were very, very, very young and impressionable before you had time to really reason and discern 
the adults around you, the media around you really shaped your beliefs and your patterns of thought, the ones that are really controlling the show. Those are your subconscious beliefs. So perhaps it is a bit of insight to say that you have trouble believing that I want to manifest will actually manifest. Maybe that is an old pattern that is bubbling up to the surface and giving you the opportunity to rewrite it. So there's the big fat problem (laughs) right there, right? (laughs) Because it's like, great, awesome, I don't believe. Now how do I believe? I actually had someone argue with me once that you can't change beliefs, but I happen to know for a fact that you can because I have done it many times, many times. Of course you can change your beliefs. So then that's when things like affirmations come into play. I'm a big fan of pairing affirmations with beha- with actions. AA, if you read my Hippie Witch ebook, I talk about that. I just talked about it in the first Witching on the Go video that I just told you about at the top of the show here. Something about taking an action that symbolically demonstrates the affirmation that you're working with. Something about that seems to drive it in deeper. Um, So maybe work on, I believe I am worthy of blah, 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 blah. I believe I am capable of blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Start playing around with what you believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. Repetition is really what gets an affirmation down deep into the subconscious layers. Another thing I would highly recommend is look for proof. Find the proof. Strengthen your belief. Go find other people that are doing what you want to do. Go look for the proof that this thing is possible and this has happened before. If it's if you have no if nobody's ever done the thing that you want to do before, look for proof of people who are firsts, the first person to ever, whatever, fly an airplane, invent this thing, run this fast of a mile, start looking for proof of people who have done the so-called impossible, but find proof and do it often. Maybe get a little notebook going where you just start documenting proof of, of why this is possible for you. Maybe Right, I believe, blah, 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 blah. Start journaling about why you believe. The more energy you put into this, the quicker you can change the belief. That's why I'm giving you a couple of different ways that you can attack it. I recommend doing them all <laughs> because that really, really works. And then the most powerful thing you can do is start proving it to yourself. You don't have to believe to act. You really don't. You can act despite your fear, feelings of unworthiness, feelings of self-doubt. You can feel the fear and do it anyway. So it's just start taking little actions that are taking you closer to the thing that you want to manifest and get some momentum on it, get some belief underneath it. I hope that's helpful for you. (laughs) Belief is a very important thing in the manifestation process, if not the most important thing. So I'm glad you asked that. That's an excellent question. Okay, next question. Hmm. This kind of feels like it ties in to the one I just answered. Okay, I would love some advice on dealing with 
serious blockages, the things that no matter how many times we've tried, how many ways we've approached it year after year, we just can't seem to break through the mega blind spots. And then there's a big all caps love you with exclamation marks. So thank you. Love you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, You know, I will I will say this. Age and persistence has a lot to do with what you're asking about because there are things that I struggled with for years and years and years and years that I now do not struggle with anymore. But there were times where it seemed like, okay, I'm really never going to get over this, am I? (laughs) Like, why? Why am I still dealing with this? Uh, So maybe I'm just extremely stubborn and persistent. But I have been through that, and I have felt that way. The really deep, deep blockages, they're deep. They go deep, deep, deep. So you actually might be healing that and just not aware of how far you've come. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Lessons keep coming back and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating until we finally completely get them. And sometimes you think you're totally over it and they circle back around and you're like, oh, there was another little layer there that I didn't even know was happening. You know, I'm often surprised, like, really? This is happening again? I thought I finished this. I thought I was done with this. And here it is again. I think most, if not all of us, have a couple, maybe a handful of key issues that we journey through this life with. They're just like the things that we are going to master in this life or the things we're going to ignore that are just going to screw our lives up because we don't want to deal with them. And so they deal with us, you know, but you have awareness. You're aware that they're there. So you're saying you have mega blind spots, but you really don't. Because when you let when I read your question back, which I'll do, because you must have written this like in early December, you probably don't even remember writing it. (laughs) You said, Uh, I would love some advice on dealing with the serious blockages, the things that no no matter how many times we've tried, how many ways we've approached it year after year, we just can't seem to break through. So you're aware of what the thing is. You've tried to change it. You've tried to approach it in a number of different ways, and you just can't seem to break through. That's not a blind spot. You're aware that it's there. You know it's there. You're like, I see you, mofo. I see you there. (laughs) It might be kicking your ass right now. It might have been kicking your ass for three decades. But if you're persistent and you're stubborn, one day you're going to get a handle on it. And you might be doing, like I said, deep work. All those approaches that you've tried, all those times that you've tried, those weren't for nothing. It's like chipping away at a gigantic boulder. It's like you feel like you're doing nothing, like this isn't working at all. (laughs) Like a little tiny bit of dust falls every time I tap it, tap it, tap it, tap it. What is happening? And you just keep tapping it and maybe a little rock falls off and you get excited like, ooh, that was a whole rock. That's bigger than some dust. And then one day you just hit it in the right way and the whole thing just crumbles finally after years. It's like that. Your work is not lost. Your effort is not lost. It's happening. It's happening. Keep the faith. (laughs) Keep the faith. Okay, here's another question. This is a fun one. What do I do to help with my dream to travel? Begin. Just start traveling. Just start traveling. And start very small. If money is an issue for you, just start traveling small. 
go to the other side of town <laughs> and treat it like a vacation. One Saturday, have uh, your lover, your best friend, your sister, your mother, go by yourself. Make a special, special day of it. Get dressed like you're going out of town. Plan, like go visit an area in your town that you've never hung out in before. and Or maybe just the next town over and walk that street and go into those shops and go into that restaurant or if traveling to you is more about nature, find the nearest hiking trail. Just start really, really small and keep a little travel log. So like your first traveling trip might have been in the in the next town over or across town in that little, I just, this just happened to me. My friend Amber told me about, she's lived where I live in Glendale for I think her whole life or most of her life, she she went to school here and she's like, oh, you know, Kenneth Village. And I'm like, what is Kenneth Village? I've lived here for 14 years. <laughs> I've never been to Kenneth Village. I didn't know Glendale was big enough to have a part that I didn't know existed. And she told me about this vegan ice cream place that has gluten-free waffle cones and I eat a dairy-free gluten-free diet. So this was like big, big news to me. And my son and I went and Kenneth Village is like this adorable little strip of shops and restaurants and ice cream, this ice cream place. And we had an awesome time. It was like traveling in our own city. And then uh, something I've been doing with my son is every year on our birthday, we take another trip. We've only done it now three years. This year, we're going to Nashville, Tennessee. But the idea is that each year we take a trip that stretches us more financially and takes us more outside our comfort zone kind of thing. So the first year, we went to Big Sur, which I had already been to before many, many times. It was my favorite spot, but I wanted to take my son, and I wanted to go horseback riding. And so Big Sur is only like five hours from my house. It's not, it wasn't huge, but it's what I could afford, and it's something I wanted to do. And I wanted to kind of claim Big Sur for my son and I and make it a special place for the two of us. So that's what I did the first year. The next year, we went to Portland, Oregon. And Portland is a couple states up from us. So that was pretty big. It was the first time the two of us ever flew on an airplane before. And it was more money than I had ever spent on anything before. This last year, we went to Boston and Salem, Massachusetts. That stretched me way more financially. And that was the farthest we'd ever flown on an airplane together. And so we're just stretching it's a challenge to come up with more money every single year to make the stretch, but so much of the pleasure of it is not even the trip. It's the anticipation of the trip and going on Pinterest and, you know, making the Pinterest board for the trip you're going to take and all the anticipation of it and the joy of it. And if you're saving money, the, the joy in that, like I have a hundred more dollars to put to my trip for your birthday, for Christmas, anytime anybody buys you a present when they say, what do you want for your birthday? Say, I really just would like, um, I, I, I keep it real chill. I'm not like you have to support my dream. So I always say, it'd be awesome if you could just contribute to us going to a restaurant or even just going to a coffee shop or something. Like I'm really just asking people to support our trip. That's, that's what we did when we went to Big Sur in Portland for our birthdays. I just said, we don't want presents. We just want money for our trip. <laughs> it could just be like a little gift card for a coffee shop. It doesn't matter, but that's really what we're doing. So there's lots of little clever ways to do that. And of course, there's tons of tons of services for saving a buck and all of that. But um, just start. 
just start traveling and start treat every little trip that you do as special, even if they're very, very tiny in the beginning, and then just grow a little bit and grow a little bit. And have a big goal, like where do you most want to travel to? If it, if you most want to go see, I don't know, the temples of China, <laughs> write that as your big goal and be like, I'm working my way up to going to see the temples of China. My personal big goal is two weeks in Italy, and I have a date on that. I want to do that for my son's 30th birthday and my 50th birthday. So we're working up to that. We're stretching, we're growing, and we're enjoying we're enjoying the trip, the journey along the way. So that's what I would recommend. Dive into the anticipation, start small, and just start now. Uh, okay, couple more questions. Where do I start with exploring spirituality, witchiness, and personal development? I feel like I've already answered this. Ah, well, let's, I already started, so let's just go for it. <laughs> I feel like there is so much to learn, and I would love to have a step-by-step guide leading me down this path each month. Uh, well, last week I answered something similar, and I recommended starting with the Wheel of the Year because it teaches you so much. It teaches you about nature. It teaches you about psychology. It teaches you all kinds of spiritual lessons. It's very, very enjoyable. There's layers to it. If you're into like gods and and goddesses and ancient mythology, and there's that. If you're interested in agriculture, if you're interested in growth cycles, if you're interested in astrology, <laughs> there's just so many different areas to explore with just committing to doing a year and a day. That's something that Wiccans do that I think is not a Wiccan thing. It's something any of us can do. I don't know what the day is for <laughs> a year, a year and a day. Uh, but you just do an entire year of following the solar cycle, basically, which is the wheel of the year. And you just commit to it and being really present to the seasons. Every turn of the wheel is another opportunity to just dive deep into what that turn of the wheel means. In Wicca and witchy traditions, it's called a sabbat. And so you just learn about it. The next one coming up is Imolk. So you just are like, what is this Imolk thing? It also goes by candle moss. And I call it the spring transition. I actually, when I'm talking about transitional periods, this next transition starts with Imolk or Candlemas, which is February 2nd, and I think of it as like a six-week period. So Imolk or Candlemas kicks that off. If you like my style, if you are interested in like a psycho-spiritual approach, that's what I created the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year for, and I will tell you a little discount code I'm offering at the end of this episode because I was planning on doing that anyway. Um, but that's my recommendation if you're interested in, in witchy things. It'll teach you about magic, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of a better thing than that, especially because you said each month, you wanted to know something each month, every six weeks, a little bit longer than month, there's another turn of the wheel. So it's fresh, you know, like every six weeks, there's another turn. And, and you can do this entirely free online, just go on YouTube and you, look at YouTube videos, and there'll be a million of them on each turn of the wheel. And um, it's just a fun thing to explore. And it'll really take you there. And it'll really show you, it'll direct you to what you're really interested in. Are you going to be a person that's really into herbalism? Are you going to be like me, and you're really into like a, the psycho spiritual aspect and personal development? 
Are you going to be really into working with uh, mythology and gods and goddesses? It starts to show you your personal style. And I think that's really cool about it, too. <laughs> this is a funny question. What are you seeking? <laughs> what am I seeking? I feel pretty darn content right now. I don't feel like I'm much in seeker mode. Although I enjoy seeker mode, I don't feel like I'm seeking anything. Really, honestly, I don't. Joy? I guess my word of the year is joy, and I keep asking, does it spark joy of everything? Like, holding up every aspect of my life, so I guess I'm seeking more joy. Joy, 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 joy. Uh, but when I am, like, really, really in seeker mode, what I'm typically seeking is truth and answers <laughs> to the big unanswerable things. I really live for the mystery, and I really think there may not be one truth, that there's just personal truth, but those are still the questions that really, really drive me. I'm a big researcher when something sparks sparks me that way. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to get to the bottom of this. I especially love it when it's a subject that you literally cannot get to the bottom of <laughs> that. I really like to dive deep. So I guess, yeah, I'm not really seeking anything right now, but in general, it would be like truth or, uh, the answers to like the big questions of life, stuff like that. Okay. Last question. Last question. How do you <laughs> How do you do kick-ass switching with little or no money for supplies? Oh, this is two questions, really. How do you do kick-ass switching with little or no money for supplies? And how do you feel like it's good enough? Definitely two questions. Okay, so the first question is kick-ass switching with little or no supplies. I mean, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about magic on the go. I'm using hand gestures called mudras. I'm using just my breath, placing my hand on my chest like I talked about for grounding. Medi meditation is free. It's free. I do spend a dollar a week on a white prayer candle that I get at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> but that's pretty darn affordable, I would say. And then if you're talking about witchcraft... Uh, hello, nature. It's all about nature and nature is free. So if you want to build an altar or if you want to make a magical tool, it's all outside waiting for you. Rocks, stones, feathers, dirt, wind, water, snow. It's all there. Trees, flowers. Nature is abundant. And again, working with the wheel of the year, if you start like, uh, in one of the modules for the Wheel of the Year program I teach, we do an altar to what is, and you can do that all year long. You can just start bringing nature into your house to get in touch with how the seasons present themselves in your area because it's different for everybody. It's really fascinating being in a group of, of witches from all around the world in this little online space because when we saw, sometimes I'll do a weather roll call and it's just wacky, <laughs> especially when you get into like the spring transition when people are like here in LA, it's like we've had no winter. It's rained for like a day and a half. And that's when we had those big mudslides. It's like barely, barely rained. It's super sunny and beautiful. I know people fantasize about this, but when you don't have winter, it's disconcerting and bizarre. <laughs> and then we have people that 
as the spring transition is ending and like spring is happening, they're like, I can't believe it. It's snowing again. We haven't seen the ground in months. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting to see how nature presents itself wherever it is you live and you can start bringing little pieces of nature indoors and, and focusing on that. You could make your own wand with a fallen tree branch. You could make little totems for yourself, little mojo bags with things that you find on walks or hikes. There's so much you can do for free with magic. And so, uh, and then you also included personal development, which is totally free. Free. Hello. Hello. You don't even need books. You can just go on the internet. There's so many great teachers teaching online on YouTube videos and things like that. And, uh, so yeah, money is not an object when it comes to practicing magic or personal development at all, like at all. Okay. So, and don't let Instagram convince you otherwise. Instagram is a liar. It's a beautiful, beautiful liar. <laughs> you do not need to buy all that crap to have a spiritual practice. And that's the truth. Okay. So the other question is, how do you feel like it's good enough? How do you feel like it's good enough? So I guess you're saying, how do you feel like your spiritual practice is good enough? Or the things that, that you can't afford, maybe if you're like making a wand out of a twig instead of going and buying it at a store. I'm not really sure exactly what the it is. Um, but the proof is in the pudding. I'll say that. The proof is in the pudding. I was going to go off on a tangent about feeling worthy and feeling good enough, which is an important thing to consider for sure. And if you don't feel good enough, if you don't feel good enough, that's a really, really important thing to heal and focus on. Aside from that, though, I would say, how do you know if it's good enough in terms of like this magic spell I cast or if this tool I'm using, you'll know it's good enough if it works. The proof, of the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> and if it's not working... It's probably not because of a tool that you bought. It's probably going to harken back to your feelings of am I good enough or your feelings of worth or belief, like I was talking about um, with the other person that asked that question about belief. Do I even believe that this is possible if, if magic isn't working for you? And something to consider, too, is like what kind of magic are you trying to do? Are you trying to manifest things that's different than using magic to evolve yourself as a person or heal and become more whole. Like, that's what I like to use magic for, although it's super fun to try to manifest $500 or manifest a car that you want. That stuff is fun, but I see that stuff as the practice for the real work of it, which is more... I guess, personal development, and it's not about really changing who you are, but becoming more of who you are and getting more in tuned with, with nature and yourself and more at peace. Like I see it as a spiritual practice that way, be learning to be at peace. And so it's good enough. It's good enough if that's what it's doing for you. Does that make sense? The, the proof is in the pudding. You'll know if it's working, Right. Another thing about trying to manifest something, a thing that you want, a car, let's say, you need, it, you need a channel <laughs> to get the thing, right? 
So you're going to have to get a job to make some money to buy the car, or you're going to have to buy a lottery ticket, or you're going to have to enter the contest at the car lot for them giving away the car. Like there needs to be a channel for the thing to come to you. You can't be like, I want to manifest being a world class brain surgeon and then not go to medical school. You need the the medical school is the channel to get there, right? (laughs) So there needs to be a channel in place. So make sure that that's happening, like set yourself up for success, right? And then another thing is too, there's, there's the desires of the conscious mind. Some people would say the ego, and there's the desires of the soul, and they don't always match which is why I'm more of a fan of doing like psycho-spiritual magic as opposed to just manifesting things. Manifesting things is awesome. That's part of my practice because it's fun. It like strengthens your magic muscles, um, (laughs) your deliberate creation muscles and all that good stuff. And it's just completely enjoyable and it creates proof as I was talking about before like wow I can really do this but for me like the real juice the real reason for going on is to get more in alignment with the soul's desires and stuff like that so maybe your soul doesn't want that car (laughs) maybe what your soul wants is the feeling that your conscious mind thinks the car will give you So this is going to turn into like a whole lesson here all of a sudden. (laughs) I just go off like that sometimes. But I hope that was helpful to you. And uh, now we have a low-hanging helicopter right overhead. I feel like he's going to land on the roof. Can you guys hear that? (laughs) There's a chopper on my house. Holy smokes. Uh, I went to grab... At the end of that Magic on the Vote Go video, I had recorded, I'm really into voiceover lately. I did a little vlog on Patreon where I put a voiceover over some vloggy footage, and then I did it for the Magic on the Go video. And then at the end, uh, I did a little voiceover too, promoting the Spring Transition module. And I was just going to grab that and put that on the end of this module, but I couldn't find it. I thought I named it Love, 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 but I don't know where that clip went. Um... (laughs) But when I put love, love, love in to my little search box to search my computer, it brought up a song for my old band, um, Obedient Waves, a song I wrote. And there are two singers on it. We did a lot of answer and call songs. Uh, And it's called If Love Was More. So I'm going to tack that on the end, an Obedient Waves song, If Love Was More. I will warn you right now that... We never got our songs mastered, and so the uh, and they just the recordings are very hit and miss. But the the vocals are a little harsh; they don't really sit in the music the way that they should. So heads up if you're sensitive, if you have sensitive ears, it could get a little like ee harsh at times. But it's a cute song, and I like it. So I'm going to tack it onto the end here. But uh, what the clip that I was looking for was telling you was a discount code. That I am offering until Valentine's Day for the Spring Transition module. There will be a link on Blog Talk Radio and on my blog to find it if you're interested in that. Uh, There's a section called The Art of Internal Feng Shui. There's a section called Light as a Catalyst. We do a little refresher course on shadow work 
And what else is in there? Ooh, a really cool Crafty Witch project called the Alchemical Icicle. And we work with herbal infusions. It's a good, it's a good module. It's a good module. If that interests you, there is a $20 off discount code when you put this code in at checkout. Love, love, love. All lowercase, no spaces. Love, love, love. And we're talking about Valentine's Day 2018. For those of you who are listening to this in the year 2000. Wait a minute, we've passed 2000. (laughs) In the year 2020. I was already joking about this, but I like it, so I'm doing it again. And uh, that's it, guys, for this this little bit of the Q&A. I hope you liked it. And if you want to stick around to hear my old band, this is If Love Was More. Much love to you. Peace. If love was more.